There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You're, this is actually my Super Bowl week because of early national signing day and I have a <laughs> lot of stuff to do, friend. This is Jay Foreman, your non-painting the ugly pig self <laughs> in full effect today. It's, it's a maybe no holds barred Monday. It's going to be an interesting show. I can already tell off the top just on the conversation beforehand. Um, I mean, by this point, you know, Nebraska lost uh, to Minnesota 24-17 um, in what can only be described as, I mean, at best, a disappointing loss. Um, you could say, and I know uh, my colleague Derek Peterson actually wrote a really good column on Sunday about, he started off by posing the question of, was this a bad loss or was it just everything else combined into it? Um, and I encourage you to go read that at hailvarsity.com. You did a really nice job of laying out um, how, how we got here and what kind of all went into this. Um, so definitely go and check that out, his Sunday column. But we're going to have to dive into this, like the good, bad, and the ugly, because I actually think that, and I feel like we said this um, after the Illinois laws, that to me, this has stopped being, the issues that Nebraska football has have stopped being about X's and O's necessarily. Now, there are some of that for sure. Um, and it, I think it's definitely stopped being about talent. Like, I don't, I, I have no patience um, at this point for having the talent discussion um, about, like, hey, Nebraska doesn't have enough players. Because right. uh, I just don't believe that to be the case. I, I just really don't. Um, and recruiting is my thing. So, we, we really wanted to go into it. We could go into um, how Nebraska has out recruited everybody in the Big Ten West for what seems like 10 years, right. um, but then continues to lose at a clip that kind of defies logic just based on recruiting rankings, right? Um, but I want to kind of – I want to start with something that I feel like – and I was talking to Sasha about this before the show, um, who's producing us again today, thankfully. Um, when we were talking about something that Barrett Rude said – Coach, speak to real talk. When he first got to Nebraska, Nebraska's inside linebacker coach, obviously the school's leading tackler in history, he said this to us, I think, maybe the very first time we talked to him, about he tries to preach to guys to fall back on your habits, right? And that that has been rolling around in my head because the thing that comes off of that to me, (laughs) (laughs) see, you know where I'm going, is I'm not sure at this point when things get tough for Nebraska football, like what those habits are. I don't know what they're trying to fall back on. And there's all sorts of like flowery ways to describe right. that, right? Like what, like the egg theory, you know, when you get squeezed, what comes out of you, the going gets tough, all of that stuff. Right. So like when the pressure is on, what do you fall back on? And I think that that is something very big picture um, that Nebraska has had issues with now for years. And I actually have, I want to give you, I'm going to pull the curtain back on myself personally and give you a real example um, of how I kind of relate to that kind of theory and what's going on, right? So for the last three years, and Jay knows this, Sasha knows this, we've talked about this a bunch. For the last three years, I've been kind of going to undergoing this transformation, weight loss, kind of getting my body right, all of that, right? Right. And so on- Doing a great job, by the way. Thank you very much. The workouts, okay- are actually the games, right? Those right. are the things that you see on Saturday, the thing that everybody wants to talk about. I post about it sometimes on Instagram. People are like, oh, yeah, look at you, right? Love my Peloton. The things that get you to that point, though, are actually all the stuff that you don't talk about that happens outside of that hour, hour and a half, whatever, for a workout versus a game three hours, right? So to really make it personal, I have certain things that I try to do Every single day. They are non-negotiables. I try to do it Monday through Friday. I wake up at 4.45. I work out between 5.30 and 6. I do my workout. I do my stretching. 
I then try to drink 100 ounces of water before noon. I then try to eat healthy throughout the day. I'm in bed by 9, 30, 10. Jay knows this. You will text me at 10, 30. I do not respond because I'm asleep. Until 4.53. Until 4. And I did it this morning. I texted you at 4.53, right? But that's the boring shit, right? Nobody talks about that. That's the stuff that you do when we're Monday through Friday at practice, the stuff that nobody's hearing about. So then it doesn't matter what's happening in the outside world, whether or not things are going well in my life, things are going poorly, I'm busy like I am this week, Um, even the pandemic. Now, we had our little struggles through that, right? Right. And that went sideways, but it was a short-lived thing because what did I do? I fell back on those habits that I always do. What is that for Nebraska football right now? Like, and that happens to you listening in your everyday life. You have those things that you want to be able to do so that you can live the way that you want to live or that you can perform at work the way you want to perform. We don't know what that is for Nebraska. And yeah, that I, is a big problem. We don't know, and I'm not sure they know. I think Which you, is an even bigger problem. And I'm willing to bet if you asked 10 players, mm. right, what is the identity, if you got them out like two weeks after the season, because you can kind of hear the same thing, and they'll, you know, when you can kind of push play, and it's like the same thing coming from. Two weeks after the season, you ask 10 guys the same, that question, I guarantee you get about five different answers. Right. And I guarantee you, if you ask them what they're what they're it, when things get hairy or things get tough or intense, what do you fall back on? Most likely, people will like to say, "Look, we're going to fall back on what we do well: fundamentals, be a physical type of team, ABC play, ABC defense. That we're going to get back to execution. This is what we can lean on." And you right. saw that, and you saw that this weekend with Minnesota, and this is right. why it's so such a good example for this specific time because it came up right after the Minnesota game again, where <laughs> Minnesota down thirty three players, while also, and I don't think this has been talked about enough, they, like for most of that game was missing their best player that was suited up, right? Right, the running back who's very very good, um, and you have warned me about him coming right. into that game, but he's missing for a good chunk of that game. But even with him out, then when he comes back in, Minnesota knows who they are. So when things get tough and they are down thirty three guys, they haven't played in a few weeks, they're on the road, the conditions aren't all that great, right? Like they knew exactly what they were going to come in here and do in Lincoln this weekend, right? It, it was no. <laughs> That was this game was no different than what happened up in Minneapolis last year, except for they the two pro receivers weren't there and we weren't they weren't as explosive. Right. But they got explosive by destroying us on the offensive line versus our defense line and the physical at the point of attack. They came down here and punked us again. I almost think so in a way They though, punked us. In a way it, it I mean it's, it's fine. Worse, Just go ahead and like say like it. I was gonna say it's it's worse to me. The way that the game unfolded this weekend, and see, this is the this is where also the problem kind of comes in, and this is it's also been rolling around in my head that like the dangers of Nebraska being quote unquote close, because you can convince yourself you that close. you lost by seven, well, seven points again this weekend, the twelfth right. one score loss under Scott Frost. You can convince yourself that okay, the game was close, but it really wasn't that bad. There is a real danger in that happening with Nebraska football right now because you get to the point to where you say, we're close, we're close, we're close so often that does that then make you think that you, as Scott Frost, think that you should not take a hard look at a lot of things within the program that need to be fixed? Or do you then think that you just need an additional break, right? Because there's yeah, you, something, I mean, there's that, something you're broken waiting, with, with that process. What, that, what, what you're doing is you're waiting for – Four teams in a season to give you a game. That okay? We're we're just pretty much morphing into coach speak. I mean, right, right. We just kinda, Man, coach speak was actually just going to be something yeah, about the offense, about you, and them talking you know, about you sliding you know. in, right? You slide into the, the you know DMs and sliding in the home base. We just slid right into coach speak. We did. So what you're doing is asking and hoping and waiting for everybody else to make the mistake during these games. And those one in those one. Score games. Yep. That's what you're doing. So instead of handling your business, looking at yourself, that how can we not even be in those games against teams we shouldn't, especially when you have the roster advantage, you got the time in the, you know, when you've been playing, right? Mm-hmm. The team hasn't played for two weeks. So there's going to be rust there. 
right? Right, which is also crazy. They did not look rusty because I think Nebraska just didn't force the issue on them. That's a a game plan thing that I don't want to get Right. So you had everything stacked up in your way to – I want to say it would be an easy victory, but a thing if you go out there and handle your business, because we talked about it before, as long as they go out there and handle it. We talked about this. We talked about it beforehand. It's about them. Like it's about Nebraska taking care of what they needed to take care of. Right. During the week and at the game, and then the game is kind of just like your payoff. So um, you, you, you are essentially saying it to yourself, we're close, we're close, we're close. That's going to eliminate you from actually putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the hard work, the grinding. That is also you not taking an honest evaluation of yourself and then making adjustments and changing and compromising or whatever you want to call it. And this is just everyday life, right? Yeah, all okay, of this I'm stuff is to, I'm close to, to you know, you know, yeah. you know, whether you're trying to hit sales number and get to the ex, you know, the next bonus thing or whatever you're trying to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you're you then you're sitting there and you're, then you're waiting for okay, I'm sitting here waiting for somebody else to mess up. You just can't do that. Football is a game of preparation, purpose, want to, and action. You got to force the action. If you get the action back, you got to counter. You got to have a counter attack to that mm-hmm. to even get back to what you really want to do. And we talked about. It. Look, I can tell you what. Yes, Minnesota hadn't practiced for two weeks, but I can promise you, PJ Fleck, wherever he was at, was he was in his office at home? I don't know how they did their quarantine or whatever they had to do. I can guarantee you he was watching tape. I guarantee you they had Nebraska circled on their calendar with the. You know, projection is then that's when the next game that right. they would play. So they were game planning. They were trying to make it simple for these guys. They were trying to instill confidence with a short week of practice or short week of, you know, not being fully prepared, knowing kind of, you know, who was going to be available, who wasn't. Right. right. So I guarantee you he expressed this is a great opportunity for you getting experience, great opportunity to, you know. Yeah, it's time for you to get your time, feet time wet. For you to get your feet get wet. Go, yeah. This is what could happen. This is where you could be. Look, you know, say, look, this could you could be in there and starting very shortly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, he instilled the confidence in them that they physically could beat us. And they kept running the same play. But see, okay? that's, a, that's, that's the other the, thing about that, Minnesota. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> that, that's the funny thing about it. And in, in, when I coach – we play a team in basketball that used to be one of our rivals, and you could say they still are. You know, when I first started coaching, you know, they, they you know, these were the kids from Elkhorn South. They had hoops in their in their house, and they ran us off the court. Well, we caught up to them, and and uh, we run this play coming right right out the get go. I, the point guard says the play, mm-hmm. I say the play. We've scored, we've beat them six times in a row. Every single play coming out of the first play of the game and halftime, we ran that same same play, and we scored every single time, right? So that lets you know that they're not preparing for that play. Now, that doesn't lead to a win. How do you continue to let these dudes run to the defense's left and, and to the short side of the field for astronomical amounts of yards? If you took that play alone right. from, last year's, from last year's game and this year's game, they're almost like Heisman numbers here. Yeah. I mean, the dude came off the bench cold as as a cucumber and hit you up for 61 off the bench to a play. And it was wide open. Okay. And I don't know who number 70 is on Minnesota. I don't I don't even I know he wasn't the starter when I watched the game against Michigan. Right. So maybe he was dealing with COVID then and okay. he's a starter. But I'm gonna tell you what now. If he gets drafted, I guarantee you that tape is going to be on. <laughs> right. Because he was throwing – I'm not going to say no names or nothing. He was throwing a senior out of the club with a fake ID. Like he was trying to get an iguanas or whatever. <laughs> like he, he, they literally were taking – here's what I picture for you people out there listening. He was taking them by the back of his jeans <laughs> and in the back of his collar of his shirt, walking, lifting them out there and throwing them out, out the club. That was, it, 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 I didn't, and especially on senior day, and I know the fans aren't there, yeah. but at the end of the day, you guys have been through, they, look, they've been through a lot, right? They've been through the grind, and oh, they've yeah. made it. And, it. and there is something to be said to you start something and you finish it, right? And, and I'm giving tons of credit for that. But at the end of the day, this is the last time that you might be playing. Now, I know they say, oh, yeah, we want them all back, but in reality, there's going to be some hard conversations either being had or have to have be had. And I think w- because of the way that this is ending, some conversations from the player side of, hey, do I want to still be doing this, man? Right. Like, it, How much do you really like love gonna, football? Yeah, you're going to have some. How much do you really want to think? But that's the, see, this is also the thing about it, about these coaches now these days and the players. 
from high school on up. Sports is so hard because you have to give it everything that you have from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint to prepare for a game, and there's no guarantee that you're going to win. Right. All it's guaranteeing you is giving yourself the best chance to win. That's Nebraska's problem. That's it right there. They are not giving themselves a be- best chance to win from a strategic standpoint, execution standpoint, work standpoint, and a mentality standpoint. Those four things right there, what you have to be able to be on point before you can even worry about is this lineman going to come across this line and knock my head off? Right. And, then where, and then where do I got to go? Do I got to cover the running back or I got to cover the, the, you know, the crossing receiver? All that stuff is all that, that all that stuff that you that I mentioned that you have to do Monday through Friday mm-hmm. is going to allow you to play. So when I watch a game and I see a team that's in a lot of ways uninspired, I'm talking about overall. Now those yeah. guys I think that have played inspired. I think Wandell, JoJo, and all them. Yeah, some play, of those guys. Yeah, you can tell played inspired. Yeah. Overall, though, the temperature of the team, it's it, it, it's like a they aren't. Um, they aren't like always running at a hundred degrees. But it's a totally. You know how you can tell that though. Think about. Remember how and it's funny how excited we were was that two weeks ago now for the Iowa game when they came out. Luke Reimer had that personal yeah. foul right, and we were talking about that being a tone setter, right? right? And how hot they were running to start that game. It was really them saying and Luke Reimer saying we're going to be here all day. They had that same kind of fire because they started off hot against Purdue and then it got right. rolling against them. Um, and then Nebraska was able to keep that going and hold on to win. Did they have that? Was that same level of intensity that was there for the Iowa game? Did you see that for the Minnesota no. game, or did the Minnesota game look closer to the Illinois game? Right. Minnesota game was uh, a less bludgeoning. Of the Illinois game. Yeah, it wasn't it, as bad as that, but it was closer to that game mentality-wise than, than it was the Iowa game, which right. again comes back to the little things that happen leading up to these games. There is something There's something wrong in that right. in that process. Like whether or not it's, you know, and, and see this is where it all, this gets rolled into this too because Scott said it again after the game about we had a, a great week of practice. Sure. Right. I look I great can... on the driving range. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't got no money on the line. Yeah. So, you know like, what I'm saying, Sasha, when I got paid for six guys' lunch, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Tiger Woo out there. I ain't Tiger Woods. I'm Tiger Woo. I'm the new version. Right. right. But see, here's the thing, and this is something that, and we, you and I, Jay, have talked about this before, though, right? And I don't right. know if we talked about it here. When Scott Frost says that, though, is does he? Are they actually having good weeks of practice? Or have they gone from when he first got here an F level at practice to it's now like a, a C minus or a D? D. No, and do the players like, know? And this is not—I'm not trying to you know take shots at the players, but do the players know no what idea. an A level of practice and preparation looks like? No because idea. the evidence is is that they don't know what that. Do you looks know what the, like. do, you, do you know what the game is? You know what happens in on Saturdays. All you do is show whoever, however many people, there's either one or 100,000 people, 100 or 100,000 people in there. Mm. You're just showing them how you practice. That's it. That's it. That's why I don't believe in gamers, man. I don't believe in going in and, and giving half effort and, you know, everybody's going left and you going right all the week. And then, so, you know what, here we go. We're in a high pressure situation. And you know what, I'm going to turn it. I'm all of a sudden going to execute at 95%. Right. Saturdays. Is what you show what you've done Monday through Friday, period, point blank. Every single coach would tell you, Urban Meyer would tell you, Nick Saban would tell you. I don't know. You could probably dig up Vince Lombardi. He would tell you somehow, <laughs> way, some way, right? Okay. That's the, that's the truth. Yeah. So I also think, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my opinion on this practice. I think, and I've thought this even before Scott got here. Kids these days come to practice to get through practice and not get better. Now, whether you're allowing it or they're getting away with it or they're finding ways to fake it, it's hard to decipher between the two. Right. It is. Because I know when I turn on an Alabama tape, when I turn on a Clemson tape, when I turn on a Georgia tape, when I turn on Ohio State t- tape, uh, you know, some other teams that I've, you know, you know have an affinity for or whatever, mm-hmm. I know what they're, I know, I could tell you how they're, how, I can tell you exactly how their practices are. When I watch Iowa, I know how they practice. Right. When I saw number 31 dive and make that play at the end of the game, kind of to ice it against Wisconsin, I know he's done that in practice. I know he finishes in practice. He finishes, which allows him to, when Saturday night comes or whenever you're playing, to finish in the game. Right. It's just a habit. Right. So now I'm going to go back to this Iowa game 
the Purdue game, the Minnesota game, and how it all started from the Illinois game, mm-hmm. right? Because I was wanted to see how you can handle – first, you're going to see how you handle success after the Penn State game mm-hmm. and then also handle a full-fledged loss and an embarrassment. Right. Sometimes – here's what we're with athletes out here, and, and this is when you're kind of going through the motions. Sometimes they'll go out and do something that they actually don't want to do just not to face the embarrassment. So they got embarrassed, right? So they unwillingly, but through their actions, went out there and played tough against Iowa because they felt like they had to. They know they did wrong, but they did it for a week. So they felt like they rectified the problem. Right. Then, they, then, it, then it, it was just dumb luck, and we talked about teams giving you stuff, right? Purdue comes out and spots you 14. So it's easier to play as a front runner, right? Right. It's like in basketball, you come out, they miss three layups, you hit three threes, next thing you know, you, you start the game 12 nothing. Hey, dude, look, it's, it, everybody's up off the bench, right? Right, everybody's fired right. up, damn. Just like when Michael Jordan says, you know, hey, look, everybody can talk junk when you're up 5 nothing. Let's see what happens when, when we get down to, you know, crunch time, right? Right. So that's easier. Now, you've kind of gotten away with it two weeks, right? A lot of people thought Iowa was a win. We gave away that game. They played tough and physical that game, right? Mm-hmm. Played hard, okay? Purdue was kind of like, you know, smoke screens. They played hard, but they played with the lead, front front runners, right? Mm-hmm. And here comes Minnesota. We have to deal with success, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you've gotten away with it two weeks and kind of massaged it and kind of like, you know, kind of smoke and mirrors your way through that you're actually doing the things that we talk about you have to do in order to week. But then reality set in again on Saturday, right? That reality, that's the reality. Saturday showed me where you at, that where you're at right now. But see, the, the it showed me it showed me how you practice. It showed me your mentality. It showed me whether you're soft. It showed me whether you felt like you're entitled. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it showed you whether you're faking it. Right now, Nebraska. Right now, the players are posers. Okay, I used to ride skateboard and stuff. I used to love skateboard. Tony Hawk and all these dudes, right? Mm-hmm. But I was a hooper. You know what I mean? But then, you know, I, I, used to, I used to always go to the skate park. But then you knew these kids that would come from, like, the rich side of town, have every new skateboard. You know, the trucks never had any scraping on it. They didn't know how to change, the, you know, the ball bearings and their wheels or anything like that, right? They're t- paying $5 to get it all clean, right? Mm-hmm. But they ain't know how to grind. We're posers right now. We're posing as a football. We got big arms, okay? We, we got big Like, you see them dudes oh, come out. Some, they, some, yeah, they yeah. got some big they, The gun they shows going on, yeah. right? They, and they strong. But they don't play strong. They don't have any second win, any second gear. But see, I think that what you're la- well, what you're laying out though actually leads perfectly to something else I wanted to talk about, which is <laughs> let's break that down. Is Nebraska does Nebraska know who it wants to be though? And is another thing that goes into when we talk about falling back on your habits. It's all the same thing, just a different way to say it. Um, but if Nebraska does, Nebraska want to be the kid that you just described that pays five dollars that has to get the stuff clean, comes from the rich side of town, has all of the really nice stuff. You've got the great locker room, and you've got you know the the red carpet rolled out for the tunnel walk and all of that stuff. Like, are you wanting to be that type of program, or are you wanting to be the bring your lunch pail? We can, we walked in with with a sledgehammer or with a shield, as mm-hmm. PJ Fleck of Minnesota actually did this weekend. And people laughed at it, but they have they've instilled some sort of toughness in that football team that actually it, it goes beyond like people use those kind of props, but it actually means something <laughs> to those programs, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how you also see that kind of conflict of identity crisis with Nebraska football? It's not just about the players. That actually starts with Scott Frost. And where, how I can really easily lay this out for you is if you think about, remember, was this now three years ago, right when Scott took the job for Nebraska and he was at the College Football Awards mm. in the nice gray fitted suit, had the Yeezys on, and we were like, oh, Nebraska's getting the cool coach, right? Like he's going to be the guy that comes in with this high-flying offense and he can relate to players. He's the young guy. He's cool, right? But then he gets to Nebraska, and at Nebraska it's camo hats with the dip in, and I just want to be the good old boy. Nothing wrong with either one, but which one do you want to be and which version of that then trickles down to your program? Because you see that same identity crisis and conflict in how they play. So when you play against Minnesota, and Minnesota has the, what, 110th ranked rushing defense in the country, and what do you do? 
you got to show people that your offense works. So you come out throwing the ball side to side. It goes sideways, literally, again, instead of just coming out and being what you said you wanted to be in the offseason with Greg Austin when you talked all the stuff about how you wanted to be a downhill running team, right? You wanted to be physical. So which version, like, what right, do they yeah. want to be? And more importantly, does Scott Frost know? I think he knows. I think he has an idea. I think the problem – I mean, that's a good analogy. I never really thought about it like that. I, I mean, I'm not a, I, I'm not a big Adidas guy, easy, because of Kanye. So I mean, I mean yeah, now, but, yeah. yeah I never liked Kanye anyways, but yeah. um, I never really thought about it like that. Um, you, you know, but I, I look at it like, I think he knows what, I think he has the night. Like, if he came in, came in here and got on the whiteboard or whatever, he could say, I want to be A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. or A and B, or whatever it is that describe it. He could do it like that. I know for a fact he could. I think the biggest problem now is the mix and continuity of how fast can and then he get there and how fast he's willing to make them get there. That's where the, that's where I think it's not meshing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I think, uh, you know, he was extremely blessed the first year to have – kind of fell into to divine. I mean, like when you, I mean, people forget the offense was kind of sputtering until divine got in there. Right, and that's really the only example of these three years that we have of consistent running back right. play. But remember that it even took games to four. Get it there took to four games them to, get to actually give him the because ball. it was Greg Bell, then it was Maurice Washington, and then a couple other guys. And like our right, divine, you know, we got in, we had a ton of injuries. Remember, and he mm-hmm. got in and started. He was so good. Just, yeah, yeah. And then the offense just took off. Right. right? Um, so you know that I think you know the per, there's been personnel you know where you got you know I wouldn't say there've been misses but they the hits you know where you're thinking that a guy is gonna either become a home run hitter is in still at being a single hitter and I'm not just talking about Adrian I'm talking about some of the offensive line guys mm-hmm. I'm talking about the receivers um, some guys on defense so when that happens you always expect your best players to, the guys that you think you're gonna be your best players to play the best that hasn't in the most consistent that hasn't happened. So what that does is, as a coach, and you got to think as a coach, if he's watching, and, and look, they might be executing in practice. So he's expecting, because Scott's been there before, as a player and as a coach, and he's seen it right. at, at you know pro level, college level, and then he did it himself at pro and college level. So if he's a coach and he's out there looking, and he's seeing stuff that you know guys execute these basic plays you know every week in practice, you're expecting it. Then when you don't, when you guy can't get guys to line up right, line up right in base offense for them, right. right? Can't even stay on sides the first play of the game or get a holding first play of the game, right? Uh, can't stay on sides, right? You know, coming out of a timeout or whatever, TV timeout or whatever you want to call it. I'm referencing back like Ohio State and other games. So now it, it, it takes your playbook from a full sheet to I don't know what we can run because we can't even run play number one in a script, Right. Right. And I think it's kind of like uh, damaged your, um, I guess, I wouldn't say your mentality, but what you see. I mean, it, when you've seen it so much, you're expecting it. So when you're calling the plays, you never can get in a full-fledged rhythm because we haven't seen two weeks in a row that these guys can actually go out there and execute just the basics. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about you know inside outside zone was supposed to be their thing, right? Yes, right. <laughs> and it is, but not. we, but you can't run inside it for you people out there. You can't run inside outside zone, stretch zone, stretch inside outside zone with the cutback because we're losing at the point of attack and we're losing backside. Right. And people don't also also don't don't understand as, as Divine was so good that he made an average offensive line look a lot better. A lot of his plays were cut back backside. Because he was able to read the bad blocks, you know, on the backside and kind of make those guys right. We don't have that right now. Right. Right. If you look at Divine and you look at Mills, they're two different types of backs. And just they're both they physically why, look the same. But one's an NFL back. One's trying to be an NFL back and got more wiggle and better vision. So what is happening right now is if there's a list of five things that, get, that aren't right, that, that will lead to this type of play. Usually teams might have one or two. We got all five. Right. And it starts – but I think that it starts with and – and, and the staff has talked about this a lot, and this has continued to be a thing that's plagued them throughout these three years when we started getting to the nitty-gritty of the execution um, during games. Is it, it, It's them not being able to hang their hat on anything. Right. Like, they don't know. And this is and, – and this is – I can empathize with Frost and Austin and Matt Lubick on this in a way because if you, if you really do feel like, hey – 
when we're in practice, we are executing that swing pass. When we're right. in practice, we are executing our inside zone. And then we get out there in the game and it's just not happening. Like that would be frustrating, right? right? And it, it it is like nobody's calling a play for three guys to get blown up on the offensive mm-hmm. line to then – because you're just not going to be able to do anything with that. So I understand that. The problem, though, becomes is if that's happening consistently in year one, it's one thing, right? We can say, okay, yeah. we've got to get this, this, and this um, player-wise, or we've got to figure out how to really drill down on the details to get this fixed. But if you're having those same issues three years later, then that's when you really start to say, well, okay, everybody needs to look at themselves and say, well, yeah, well, why yeah. is this not getting fixed? If they're, if every coach isn't – if he's not looking at himself first – and then every coach needs to be looking at themselves and then take a whole, like, landscape of our identity or whatever, our culture and all. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. What Even to the weight program. I mean, the weight program has been great, but you might have to change some stuff. And here's the biggest problem. I'm willing to bet if we watched Farniak two years ago or even last year and versus a play that I saw when they played Purdue, that when he was the onside ball, the on the onside puller, and the backside pullers beat him around the corner, I'm willing to bet you haven't seen that before. Right. There's no way if you're on ball side that the guy pulling from the other side of the line or other side of the center should beat you around the corner. You get what I'm saying? Right. So as a coach, you can't project that. Coach, and here's the funny thing. They, they are not calling plays for them not to work. Right. And, and to they be- are not calling defenses for them not to work. They are not calling a punt, directional punt, for them to punt to the sideline and it goes down the middle. Right. You know what I'm saying? So these, there's also, uh, you know, the onus has to be on the players as well. And then also, look, and I'll say this, you know, and I know everybody's kind of has been dealing with the same playing field as far as COVID. COVID hurt a team like Nebraska more than, say, Ohio State or somebody like that because we had all those five. If there's five check marks that we needed to improve on, we had to do all five. Like a team like, say, like, Michigan State or something like that. When Mel Tucker gets there and they're they're up and down just because they're a new coaching staff, yeah. but you know that he's going to do it and and do it his way is because he already kind of know what he's going to do. We're still trying to figure it out. And Michigan State's foundation was already there before he got there. Right. And he, regardless of what how you know they struggled the year that their coach left, but they still had a foundation. You knew they were going to be physical. Right. You knew they were going to find a way to work it work itself out hard in the weight room. You know they're going to develop players, and you know they're going to you know, have guys that are going to be able to play next level. Yeah, they've seen what that looks, looks like. like. Like they were players that were recruited by the previous coach at Michigan State that had seen what that work looks like. For even over though it 10 went, years. Yeah, because it had been very consistent Assistant, with what they yeah. were doing um, up at Michigan State. But it's just so – like and part of this too is, and I think that we keep it's funny we started narrowed in and then we keep zooming out and we want to go to an even like bigger picture issue for me. Um, let's talk to Sasha about this too before the show. Is that Sasha said on her show, Mind Your Own with Aaron Sorensen, great show you should check it out podcast. Um, that her motto for 2020 is find a way, not an excuse. Nebraska football needs to adopt that motto. Oh yeah. Now. You, and there are so many examples of this, and I don't even know. And at this point, it might be one of those things, too, where Scott Frost may not even realize that he's doing this at this point. Right. But it happens every single week where something that happened in that game becomes an excuse. This week, it was TV timeouts. Remember that? He said, yeah. and he actually said in the post game that, you know, they would get rhythm on offense and then it just felt like every time they got the ball that there would be a TV timeout. Like, who's talking about that? A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> he said that thing again about Mike Riley and about how, you know, we inherited this and that. Like, we were at that point. Mike Riley. Mike Riley. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm about to watch Bad Boys right. with Mike Lowry. Um, that we, we were probably 30-some games in of the Scott Frost experience, right. and you're still referencing the previous coaching staff. You know, in years past, it's been, you know, our guys came out in hoodies when it was cold. Uh, we've blamed the schedule, Kevin Warren. Um, the young players excuse has been out there. Like, there's almost a bingo card of these different excuses. And while some of them have varying levels of, I guess, validity to them, like you can say that playing three young offensive linemen right now where you have two redshirt freshmen and a redshirt sophomore at mm-hmm. 
center um, who is a converted player, you can say that that could lead to different issues on the offensive line. But I could also come back to you and say, find a way, not an excuse. Right. Because you also created part of that, by the way, when you move Cam Jurgens to center. And it's not to single him out necessarily. Because I think when things are going well for Cam, things go really well. Um, things just kind of tend to go sideways on him. But the the issue that I'm getting to, though, about why it's such a problem that I can read you off an entire list of various excuses that Scott Frost has used, and I didn't even get to all of them, is because I wonder how that then seeps down, down into the, the rest of the team. Right. Yeah, because now it's not, and we talked about this earlier, now it becomes instead of we've been in 12 one-score games that we've lost under Coach Frost, and man, we just need to keep hammering, keep hammering, and we're going to bust through. I get the feeling that they just feel like they need a break. Scott Frost said it again <laughs> this game after against Minnesota. We started off poorly. We just didn't catch a break. It went, it went against us. That tells me that something is bad mentally there because those aren't the types of teams and people that then just find a way to bust through and figure it out because you're always waiting for, like you said earlier in the show, for four teams in a season to give you a game. Right, and, and that's not going to happen in the Big Ten. That is not. Like not I, because, I'm telling you. No, it's not. I'm telling you. <laughs> no. you, you, you know, I know Logan Smith got canned, but if they got in that situation against Illinois, Illinois is going to close that game up. These the coaches, I'm telling you, I don't know how why people in Nebraska are refusing to see this. This is the 100% factual truth. Okay, this is the best league from top to bottom. I don't care about the records this year. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not, This is I'm talking about the best coaches, the best players from top to bottom. Okay, mm. and you're not gonna you got to go earn everything. It's the great it's the greatest opportunity. If I was a young high school kid, and it's also the hardest opportunity. Right. Because let me tell you something. I mean, granted, I would never give back my three national championships, right? Mm. But 60, 70% of the time, I was watching in the second half because mm. we were beating the brakes off of teams. You know what I'm saying? You get the opportunity to come in, if you're a starter, to play the whole game, mm. <laughs> like in high school. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's like I would, I mean, you, I'm here to play football. Mm. I love to play football. I want to run into people, I want to make plays, I want to make people happy in the stands, and I want to be happy, and I want to be happy when I get in the locker room. Right? right? They ain't going to give you nothing, man. This is just like life. You got to go out there, and there's going to be politics. There's going to people be people hating on you. There's going to be people that say stuff about you that's not true, right? It's all happened to Scott Frost and them, right? Uh-huh. Hating on them, people were saying stuff about him that ain't true, saying he's not a good enough coach, uh-huh. not giving him the respect. Oh, you, how dare you want to play football, uh-huh. right? Hey, man, look, <laughs> you got to play through it. You know how many times, and granted, this is just youth basketball, but it's a, it's it's applicable or applicable right out there uh that's the ebonics version all right for yeah you i mean you, there, got right? there. you got there you got right about four or five <laughs> you times the plank. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you are it's, it's a kid coaching youth basketball i mean you know how many times that that we have refs that can't see straight or just aren't very good and mm-hmm. i know the first thing to coach with refs are bad okay that's look if we play good enough the refs don't matter. matter yeah you understand you know why we lost we didn't play good enough defense. We didn't rebound. We missed about seven, eight layups, right? We, if we lose by four and we missed ten layups, all we had to do was make three of them. Right. It wouldn't have mattered it, if it the wouldn't matter. those calls. It wouldn't matter, <laughs> right? And I tell them, look, some of these refs are just refing for beer money. This thing, these aren't NBA refs and you aren't NBA players. What we're doing is try to do, if we handle our business, we'll be just fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, 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 go, it really goes to the football team. If you play as hard as you can, and execute and be a good teammate and go out there and give yourself to your other teammates, you'll win 80% of your game. Yeah, you'll win. This roster right now will win 80% of their games if they just did that. And I don't care if they ran the wing tee, the, 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 the run and shoot offense, the, the spread, the double spread, the pistol, and all this other. And, and then ran a 5 2 defense, the 6 2 stack monster from Tom Cruise and all that other <laughs> stuff. And 3 3. I don't care what deep. If you just went out and did that, you would win 80% of your games. It, it is something that I was it, I was thinking about this during that Minnesota game. It, it, it all boils down to on that point of just being able to do simple, right? Walk, and, Nebraska, chew, walk and chew gum. Like, think about that. If Nebraska, because that's the other thing. If we talk about the difference, like the real like <laughs> brass tax difference in these one score games. First of all, you wouldn't have so many of them if you could just execute simple things better. If you did not invent new ways to lose games, uh, which has just been a weird, uh, consistent thing for them. Um, really, it predates Frost. Um, but if you could just execute Snake simple. Bit. 
Something happened down there. But, we but it's weird they, though. Somebody so like, put some food hey, they down play, there. They play, the, no, they blame <laughs> y'all, man. They say that it was it was your group. Y'all, that, that, yeah, y'all your group. How are we blamed? Y'all we, took we, all we, the good juju. And then oh. <laughs> what happened is, is after that, we, we left it there. We, we left that's, the good juju That's what there, they man. say. Babe, the, these new this. millennials and these new idea coaches that <laughs> said, you know what, we we have worked <laughs> 20 years to say, you know what, that's what's worked for 60 years in Nebraska. We're going to slowly but surely chip away. But you, Were but, we perfect by any means? Were we a law-abiding <laughs> citizens at, by, at all times? No. I'm but at the end me. of the day, we did more good than bad. And we won Nebraska at Nebraska the Nebraska way. And there's, te- there's a team up there in uh, Iowa City that's doing it like that. And I hate to say Madison is doing it. Minnesota came down here and do it. Did it? The Champaign Illinois team came and did it. They do it down there with a Tuscaloosa or wherever they are, yeah, right? Tuscaloosa, and yeah. then in Clemson, I mean, look, I yeah. can pass a geography class. You know, <laughs> I see you. Right? I see you pointing yeah, out the okay. map. I I'm see pointing you out the map, and, yeah. a, and I'm sure I'm missing a team. Yeah. Right? Heck, in South Bend, Indiana, they do it. They, they do it down there. They definitely do it in South Bend, which is actually, so, I think, a really great comparison for what right. Nebraska could be. Because if you think about it, it just kind of came to me. If you think about Notre Dame and all of the kind of glitz and glamour of that program and they're on NBC, they got the TV contract, right. like they have all the money, all of that stuff. But when you think about Notre Dame football, yeah, that's what you think of. You and think of now, you think of offensive line, and that's even with Brian Kelly came there as with a coach, coach, as a spread, spread Hold on. offense. Hold on now. Came there. So now let's also look at it back even before Brian Kelly. You got to think they had Charlie Weiss, they had Davey. Uh, Tyrone Willingham, Willingham. Yeah. they had a lot of turnover in a quick, right? Yeah. It was like four, three years, four years. Charlie Weiss kind of did really good, then they got him up out of there. Yep. What does that remind you of? Nebraska. Right. Then Brian Kelly came in, right, the new hot coach. Now, he had more success out the he gate. He had done it a little – he had done it longer. Before, yeah, he had done it Notre longer Day. at, yeah. at, at uh, Cincinnati, but yeah. he had more success out of the gate primarily because Notre Dame was plays about a bunch of cream puffs. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, no. Let's, look, when the, you're when you're playing like Air Force and all them, you're not playing Wisconsin and Iowa coming. Yeah, so they're back to back weeks, back to back weeks. So, so yeah. he record wise, he came out the gate a little bit yeah. faster. But let's also, what did everybody say he had to do in order to get to where they are now? He had he's had to do it. He's had to do three transformations twice. He had to change how he originally came in, mm-hmm. change a little bit reluctantly to get him to when they played Alabama the first year. Yep. And got blown. Just got destroyed. The Manti Teo game. Manti Teo and and Lacey, remember Lacey, the running back that ate himself out the league. He's still running. Okay. Um, He's running to In-N-Out Burger, (laughs) wherever he's at eating now, right? And then he had to make another change. But it was he had to change personally how he dealt with people, Mm -hmm. right? And how he called games, how he recruited, and how he developed players, Mm -hmm. right? Then now you see the Quentin Nelsons, right? Jalen Smith, hold on. You see the Jalen Smiths, <laughs> right? Now you see the uh, the big tackle for the the Forty Niners number. He's number sixty nine, um, McLaughlin or whatever his name is. Now you see, and then you saw a lot of the defensive players, the DBs, and all that stuff, right? So now you're seeing the whole package. Now you're seeing them actually be able to beat established national championship type of program and coach in Clemson, yep. right? And then continue along with success after they have a big win. What do they do? Double down on it. When they're not playing well, what do they do? Step up and finish it, right? And have an ugly win to their standards. An ugly win to them is beating Pittsburgh by 18 points. Right. And pulling away. Defense, you step up. Offense, you make some sort of plays. Right. Because we've done it before. So we it, there's, a, there's like. a ton of parallels. There's, it's right there. But it takes some self-evaluation. It takes people. If And I always say like this. As a head coach, you're driving a big semi down Highway 80. Right, and you're right in the middle. So it's not like you're driving your car. You're right in the middle, right? So you need, like in this right here. So if I'm driving, I need you and Sasha to be my co-pilots, right? So your job is to look in the rearview mirrors and make sure, one, we're speeding, we're under no police, <laughs> right? And then you looking forward to make sure that we're not running off the road. And when we go through bumps, you guys, hey, Jay, man, there's a bump coming up right there. Okay, we, I, we didn't see that one, but we got to adjust how we're traveling across this country. That's essentially where you're at. You start on one side of the country and you're trying to get to the end and the end is being a consistent national championship type of team, but there's going to be bumps and stuff along the road, but you got to have people there to check in your rear view mirrors. You have to, because you can't see everything, right? You can't see everything as a human being. You can't see everything. 
That's why you have friends that you kind of bounce stuff off of or you have a partner that tells you the hard truth, but you don't get so mad at them personally. You take it, regurgitate it, and two days later you say, you know what, man, you're right. Hey, can you help me out and do stuff? Right. There's nothing wrong in life, coaching, business, whatever it may be, asking for help. Because nine times out of ten, if you come genuinely, they'll help you. Right. right? And then also if you, you got to have people around you that's not going to always – I wouldn't say, and I'm not, I, I hate when people like, or, 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 you know, you see people say, oh, he has a bunch of yes men, but I don't, I don't believe that. Right. You just want to have people around you. Ideally you want people around you that are smarter than you. Right. Or, you know, right. right? Cause that's going to make me smarter. Yeah. Right. So a few times when I talked about different opportunities, who I call you, you're yeah. in it. I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. Yeah. So what, I'm going to pick up the phone, know somebody that does it. Yeah. What's it like? Do you really like it? Is this good? Oh, uh, right, yeah, you're right. Okay, what I was thinking maybe was true, but two or three times I know what I was thinking. You were like, dude, look at it like this, right? right? So that's the way it goes. And so, it, it look, dude, I, I know this Rutgers game is huge. <laughs> I can tell you. Hey, <laughs> They're all big. No, 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 no. Look, the fighting all... Noah Vedrills is huge, okay? <laughs> if Noah Vedrill comes out there with one leg and come out there like Peg Leg Peter and does work, I can promise oh God, you, that, I, this uh, off season is going to be horrible. I'm not even going to want to do anything. Yeah, I might just I tell you guys, you know what? I got to be remote because I can't even. I'll be having a whole hour to think of Noah Vedra. The fight in Noah Vedra's because we'd be passing this crib now. Right <laughs> on the Highway 80, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you, right? <laughs> yeah, if we yeah. lose to the fight in Noah Vedra's against Rutgers, that was like COVID central over there where they were just like, okay, everybody in the Big Ten they almost were like, we can't play. Yeah, listen, they had the worst of all of these all of teams, right? From the from start really to finish. Bad, yeah, they now they're really in finals, bad. right? Yeah. And um, and then Greg Schiano got there. He didn't have any practice, and I think he like met with his team for like a week. Like, hey man, what's your name? Yeah. Okay, I, by the next time I see you situation. in a month, I will have your name. Right there, right. I'm still wearing name tags in week four. Okay, yeah. you know, so th- this is a huge this is a huge game because this is might be the last game. And your lasting memory is the one that lasts the longest. And we talked about this. If Nebraska could beat Purdue, Minnesota, this game, crossover game, you and, and then I guess ideally when we were going, there's they, Minnesota and Nebraska were, were fighting for the Mayo Bowl, right? The actual Mayo Bowl, yeah. The actual Mayo. And then if you <laughs> right. got to win your bowl game, you go and you end up like four and four, five and four. Yeah. And you kinda, the opportunity you run a, was there. The opportunity was there. Okay, now that's not there anymore. Yeah. Now reality has set in. But and now you have to figure out that. But now you also are just, you're playing for pride. You've been playing for pride well, all season. Well, you have. And, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but now pride is always there. But you also now, it's usually a bunch of other stuff there too. Now it's not. It's now just it's pride just because you don't. pride. Uh, yeah, but the thing is too, it's already ugly out there. You don't want to make it worse. And to me, you all you also want to even if you just think of it selfishly as a player, as a coach, whoever, like you just want to have some more good tape so that when we go into the off season program and we're about to all sit in the office and kind of go over what happened over the season, I want something else good that my right, position yeah, coach can to, look yeah, at to get, because we can't go out on a, the same trajectory starting from this last game against Minnesota because then you end up in a situation where it feels like everything you did during the season was wrong, right? Right? Like you just. It, it's tough. Ideally, man. you'd it's like tough. to win. You'd like to go into this season or this, this last. You want to win this game. You want to win. Ideally, like a thirty seventeen. I mean, I would like to be like forty seventeen. Nebraska is just not a forty point team unless they just Rutgers just lays it. No, in. you. No, it would be hard to see that. Right. Like, so I, be, you would, you want to be like a, you want to win, right? And you want to play well. Just win. And, and, no, but you want to play well and win because those it's good teaching tape because. You're always going to refer back to that, right? Yeah, you know, I didn't play good against Minnesota, but I actually bounced back, and this is what I can work on. Because then you could take the Ohio State tape, you can take the Northwestern tape, and kind of do the cut up. And then when we sit in here, if, if I was a coach, we're going to go through all your tape, and then I'm going to take what you need to work on and get better at, send it down to the weight coach and offseason program, and then check in with you, and then we're going to build from there. Now, you got to have that. But if you come out there and uninspired on the road in New Jersey, which, you know, Rutgers is not – I mean, that's – I think it's between Illinois, Purdue, or well, I would say Indiana and, and Rutgers. I don't know if there's four road, worst road games to go on. Yeah, those are pretty terrible. Right. It's actually like – Even though you're in Rutgers, you can see the city, but you're in the swamp. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see it. It's in the distance. You right. waving to it, but yeah. you're not close. It's like the, yeah. you and on the, in this particular case, you in and out going back home. And, and it's cold. So it's and like, it's going to be cold. cold. Yeah. And you're playing at three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, right. Friday afternoon football, like we. What? I, did, did, yeah. did, you know what happens? You know what? That, that's like a Seacrest in Lincoln. I mean, basically, 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 we got out of school early. Yeah, okay. we're getting out of school early. <laughs> what and, and we're and we're the we're playing at Lincoln Seacrest, so now it's like Lincoln High against North Star. Seacrest might be nicer than Rutgers. Though. Seacrest yeah. is a nice now little it's field. A nice field. <laughs> it's a nice little field, man. I we'll see. Like I mean, but you know what's funny though? As much as we just talked about and we've been talking about for weeks, it's like a bad movie, and I'm still going to watch it. Oh yeah, we got. I mean, but we're still gonna go check it out. It's like I'm addicted to it, and I'm just hoping this one time and it, it just turns out different. I mean, it's like one of those movies that have different endings. You know, oh you yeah, remember, when you right? watch it, got the special right. DVD edition. We, we just ain't got past another one. We ain't <laughs> right. got the number we, two yet. They they're locked right, right. now. They're like locked. it's grayed out yeah. when something. Right. That's another yeah. thing. Yeah, the Wi Fi not working. Yeah, right? it's, it's not still, working. No, yeah. but but you know, I would say it's gonna be okay. But I'm just gonna say we'll see. Now, real quick, we do have a, an important week. Um, I can't let it go without saying this because, like I said earlier, we do have National Signing Day coming up. Um, it feels weird uh, for yeah. a number of reasons. One, just I did just because Nebraska is still playing at the time that you have National Signing Day. But then also because you didn't have kind of those cues during the season where you have official visits, then you have the in-homes from coaches and all of that. Like all of right. it has just been strange. Um, but it's a great moment for all of the kids that are going to sign, whether scholarship guys or walk-on. Um, everybody will want to talk about Thomas Bedoni coming out of this Um Nebraska is by far and away, I guess, best signee um, that will happen in a couple of days. This will come out on Tuesday. So the next day on Wednesday, he'll be signing. That That is great news for Nebraska. And hopefully it works out for him and the whole rest of the kids that yeah, come um, into the class. Um, but it's, but right now, it really, it almost, it feels like everything, though, is about what's happening with the team on Saturdays as a result of what's happening with the team Monday through Friday or Sunday through Friday because they do walk through. That's the only guesstimation. We're not at, I know I'm not at practice. I don't really do the whole insider thing. I just I just know from experience. I went out and played in late eggs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to go back and, you know, or, you know, well, there's a year in the NFL I felt like I didn't play well. I was lying. I lied to myself, though, for 16 weeks. Right. Okay? Oh, it'll get it right. I'll get better. I'll get it together. What I felt, what I, what I had to realize was is, I changed my way I worked during the week and had to get back to what I knew and knew best. Like you said, you got to get back, you know, you get back, back to what on the habits and it changed around. That's how you get it done. Right. But I didn't run myself into a brick wall. I was trying, I, I, I scaled that bad boy and went around. <laughs> See, he's Spider-Man out here. I, well, hey, dude, you, I already had enough concussions. I don't need to do any more, right? I'll knock myself out. There you go. But that's going to actually do it for us this week. We're going to not do put them on blast, which is our favorite, our favorite segment of the week, because we basically put everybody on blast throughout this entire episode. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to it. Rate us, review us, leave us five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. You don't want that. Uh, make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. You can also email us at straightupbreakdown at hailvarsity.com and you can find us on Twitter at GregSmithHB and at Foreman5644. We will catch you next time.